Okay, we are in Sefer Yechezkel, Perik Memvav, Pasuk Aleph, Koamar Hashem Elohim, and with your indulgence, I would like to dedicate today's learning for the Elias Neshama of Rav Pesach, Eliezer ben Harav Moshe Mordechai, may he continue is to be a Melitz Yosher for his family, for all of Klai Yisrael. So in Memvav, we are going to see that just like Memdalid and Memhei, where the Navi Yechesiel delineates what the Avoda of the Kohanim and the Korbanos are going to be like in this bias Shlishi, and at the same time, we have seen that there are so many inconsistencies and outright contradictions to what we have learned in the Torah and through Halacha and through the, the, the Rabbanim. And so much so that we learned that Chazal had the very real intention of putting the Sefer Yechezkel in Geniza, in effect, banning it. The contradictions were so many and so deeply rooted that they felt it should not be included in the entire canon of prophecies of Nevi'im. Were it not, as the Gemara in Menachos, Daf Memhei Amud Beis tells us, of the efforts of one man, Hananya ben Chizkiyah, and what it tells us is that he went up to the attic with enough oil to light candles for many months and sat there and went through every stira, every contradiction in Yechezkel, conforming them to what would make it not in violation or in contradiction of halacha. And so, because of his efforts entirely, Yechezkel is included in the Nevi'im and saved from total obscurity. Unfortunately, the rulings of Hananiah and Hizkiyot have not survived. They've never reached us. We don't even know what they were. But we do have three basic mephorshim that try to conform all these contradictions. Specifically, Rashi, the Radak, the Malbim have different approaches. Taking a classic case which we learned in Memdalet, it says that the Kohen must wear exclusively garments of pishtam, of flax. That's not the case. The Torah says entirely different. We know that the avnet, the belt that the Kohanim wore each day, was a mixture of pishtan and semer, of wool. We know there was techeles. We know there was gold. There were other components in the garment. It was not exclusively pishtan. How do you reconcile it? Rashi uses a technique of stay with the pshat, Go through the pshat, but find a situation where what we're learning applies just there and then extrapolate it out. In other words, in that case of the Beged Kohanim, Rashi teaches us that in the Kaddish Kedushim, the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur, there is a phase of the Avodah where the Kohen wears only linen. 
That's what they mean, said Rashi. The, the Navi means that situation must be only uh, linen. So by stretching it, Rashi has the text is adhered to. At the same time, we find a way that it is not in violation of the halacha. The Radak has a much easier job. The Radak's thesis is this is bias shlishi. The rules of the game, as it were, have changed. There will be a higher exalted level of Kedusha. The Kohen, the Hedjo, the regular Kohen, will be exalted to the status religiously of a Kohen Gadol, and that new rules apply. There will be new Korbanos, there will be new Avodos. And so using that, it can explain it's the third temple. The rules have changed. The Malbin uses the um, technique, as it were, this is all um, miluyim. In other words, this is all days of consecration, of dedication of the Mishkan. And uh, as we had in the Mishkan, this is a dedication of the third temple. And therefore, yes, because of the consecration, these are one-time differences, one-time variations in the Korbanos as we know them, in the Avodas we have learned. Problem arises in that this period of consecration, as we've seen and we're going to see again, lasts from beginning of Sukkot to the end of Pesach, which is over six months. Consecration should not take a six-month period. The Mishkan was seven days. The Bayas Rishon was seven days. So the Malbin is tough to fit in. So in that, with those three tools of, of commentary and drush, let's begin Memvav. And as we're going to see, many inconsistencies as well. We've had this before. This is what the Kaddish Baruch Hu says. He tells Yecheskel, in the courtyard, in the Chatzer, the inner Chatzer, facing eastward, there is a gate. This gate in the east is closed. It is closed all week long. And on Shabbos, it, the Mepharshim say, springs open. On Rosh Chodesh, it springs open. And then the Kohen uses it, as we've said, to eat his carbon there. Uh, and then it springs shut again. We know of no such gate before this. Uh, no record of a gate that was closed on weekdays with open Shabbos in Yontem. Ubaha Nasi, and as we've said, the Nasi comes, the Nasi we interpret as the Kohen God. Oh, but it could also be the Melech. Ubaha Nasi Derech Ulam, he comes by way of the Ulam Hashar, Michutz, from the outside. The Omad Mezuzos Hashar, he stands within the doorposts of that 
gate that is normally closed. But also a kohanim es ola so, and the kohanim bring the ola that he's bringing, the eshlam of the korban shlamim that he's bringing, the hishtachaba al mifton hashar. They prostrate themselves at the gate of this shar, at the doorpost of the shar that's now open. The yotzah go out. The hashar lo yisager ad and that gate is not closed until evening. Problem is, if it's only open on Shabbos, and it's only open on Rosh Chodesh, how could the uh, Nasi, let's say it's the Kohen, bring an Ola and a Shlamim? They are nedavos. They are voluntary offerings as opposed to obligatory offerings. You can't bring them on Shabbos. You can't bring them on uh, Rosh Chodesh. And so again, using Radak, that it is um, the days of uh, 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 consecration, or that rather it's the Third Temple. Yes, it's brought of the Third Temple. Using Malbin, it's a korbanot of consecration. So, we've got a difficulty there. Then what they do is keep that gate open when Nasi brings these carbono that are of very questionable origin to bring on Shabbos and Yantos. And the people, the gates are left open long enough so that the people see him bring his olos and shlamim and they bow down Pesach Hashem. Again, Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. In this Ola, six lambs unblemished, the Isle Tumim, one ram unblemished. Torah says on Rosh Chodesh, it's two sheep. Where does six sheep come from? And one ram, when it was to Rashi, it's that um, you can use. There are places where you can use any number you want, so you're not held to a number. That's how Rashi keeps the shot, but explains that that's what they're talking about. Continues the Navi. See this Ola Lashem beyond Hashabbos, Shishak Basim Tamimim, the Ayel Tamim. It is. Uh, Rashi says what you do is one aisle. Uh, I'm sorry, six plus him to me, remember I'll tell him six and one. The Torah says nonsense, that it's, it's one ram uh, and two bulls. So Rashi says it means that the Kohanim do not have the full number. Bring what you can, bring what you have. Continues. Uh, and this mincha consists of one eifa for the ram and several hens, a different is a liquid measurement for the kosim. Again, nothing corresponds to that korban uh, that we've learned. Going to Pasuk above, the Novi tells us, Again, it repeats it. One bull, six sheep. 
of one ram you shall be. Torah says instead of with two bulls, not one bull, it's one ram, that's all right, and it's seven sheep, not six. And again, Rashi says it means that whatever you've got, you can use. Um... And when the Nasi comes, this is a repetition. The Nasi comes to the Ulam. This is an interesting variation. He comes into the Shah and he goes out to the Shah. However, when the nation comes in, if they come in the north to bow down, they go out the south. If you come in the south, go out the north. When he goes out, they go out. When they go out, he goes out. In any case, it's a departure from halacha that we have. Not, I shouldn't say halacha. It's more of a very strong minho. That when we go into a shul, you go in a different entrance than you go out of. The idea is also it was done in the base Hamikdash because it says people should see that you've come for the regalim, and so you go out a different way. You go through, you traverse it. Also, the Gemara tells us you don't make the shul a kapandria, a shortcut. In other words, don't try to be the first one out. Go out the long way. Here they're saying the nasi does go out the same way, and that you know, a different way than the people do. That is a definite contradiction. That on the Chagim and the Moadim, meaning on Yantif and the Regalim, the Mincha is an Eifa Lapar, Eifa for the Isle of Wasim, Matas Yodo from what he has. The Shemen, Hin La Eifa, and one wet measure for the Eifa. We've said this before, you open the eastern gate for him. He makes his olo shlamim. As you do on Shabbos. He goes out, you lock the shah. Again, besides the fact that there was no such shah, you don't bring an Ola and an Adava on Shabbos and Yontif. They again are voluntary offerings. You did not bring them on a Shabbos or a Rosh Chodesh. You brought only obligatory. No matter. The Keves men shnoso tamim, a lamb tase Ola liyom Hashem. Baboker, baboker, so. This is very important. So you bring, every morning, you bring a keves and shnoso, tama, one year lamb uh, without mum. This is the karban tamid 
you are to bring every day in the temple. Umincha ta'asel, love, you made a mincha as well. Baboker, baboker, shishis ha'epa v'shemen, shlishis ha'hin, these are the measurements, the liquid measurements. Laromis ha'soles with barley, mincha l'ashem, chukos olam tamid. It is a chok for eternity. Fine. That's the morning tamid. What about the Tamid Bain Harbayim? The evening Tamid, there's no mention of it. What happened to the evening Tamid? So again, Rashi would say that it means the evening Tamid, but that what they're saying is just prescribing that it's the morning Tamid they're dealing with. Radak says, no, it's, it's the third temple. There could be a new Tamid. There could be an additional Tamid. That's what the Malbin says as well. That it's dedication week or dedication of the months. You can bring a new form of Tamid. It doesn't mean you're not bringing the Tamid Shel Boker or the Tamid Shel Abayim. Or as the Rakan said, there could be a third Tamid. Um, it's a new order. So that reconciles that. Koamar Shemalukim. Now, an inheritance question. The Nasi we saw in Memhei is given great wealth. The people give him a great piece of land, and it says specifically, so the motivation to exploit his fellow Jew is theoretically removed. Make him rich enough that he doesn't need to steal. Now, when he wants to, he can pass that on to his children. They would take it. It will cost Deluk what he has, but it shows he's given to it in perpetuity. He can pass it on to his heirs. If, on the other hand, he bequeaths it to someone else's servant, by Solo Achnas Hadrar, he keeps it unto Yovel year, the 50th year, where the ancestral land returns to its owner. Vishavas Lanasi, it goes back to the Nasi, Achnachlas Obanov Lahem only what he bequeaths to his son stay permanently with them. He is not to take from the people's nachalo. We do not want him exploiting, imposing taxes, expropriating their land, some to oppress them, I do not want my people being separated from their nachla. I want the ownership to stay in perpetuity. I don't want the nasi, meaning here the king, expropriating property of the people. By he now he is transported, Yeshayahu, to where the Mizbeach is from a different angle. They take me al Kesef Hashar el Halishkos. Remember, the Lishkos were those chambers in the Ulam, Hakodesh, and Hakoanim. They surround the altar. 
going north. And there's place for them to stay there and eat their food. They're cooked there as a asham, the guilt offering, the sin offering, they don't bring it into the when they come to greet the people. Now the Kaddish Baruch Hu transfers Yechezkel to the outer chamber. Remember, we had there are four chambers on each corner in the room where the Mizbeach is. We said the Kohen changes his garments there. He leaves his garments there when he goes out. Therefore, he has other things. He can leave the food there. He can prepare things there. There are four separate chatzeros. Barbar mixos ha chatzer chatzeros ketores avoim orech usloshim rocha mida achas la rotayim erzos. Those were the measurements of each chatzer. Vitur saviv bahem saviv la rotayim. The shelf around the Mizbeach. And they cooked in there, in those Lishko. That's where they cooked the food. Remember, the Kohen gets a portion of each carbon the his fellow Jew brings. That's where he cooks it. That's where he eats it. There's no mention of where the Jew gets it. But the Jew gets part of the carbon, But we assume it's there as well. These are the rooms where they uh, eat their own food. So that is another difficult parrot, a lot of steros, a lot of contradictions. But again, if you use those three darshaning tools, Rashi, Radak, Malbin, it at least provides a framework for understanding why there are contradictions. And in Yitz Hashem, we will continue with those contradictions tomorrow, 8.45. You will want to be there as we come down the home stretch. Adkan.